Welcome to Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, Mike, it's great to have you on the Design Your Life and Business podcast. Thank you, Javon. It's great to be with you, man. Thank you for having me. And also, I want to thank you for the wonderful work you're doing to make a difference in the lives of so many people, not only in this country, but around the world. I really appreciate that coming from you. And the listeners will understand why as we get into this conversation. We are sitting with a legend who has accomplished a lot in his career. So we're going to get right into it, Mike. You can introduce yourself better than I can. So who is Mike Kelly? Well, Mike Kelly is a guy who lives on mission, and my personal mission statement is to use my God-given leadership, analytical financial skills to help my family and others grow to become all they're designed to be, while continuing to grow myself. So my whole life journey really is about personal growth, but also really serving people and helping other people grow. I am a guy who's from Sheraw, South Carolina, which is the home of Dizzy Gillespie. That's what it's known for, a very small town in South Carolina. Currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio with my wife, have a couple sons in the South, one in Georgia, one in South Carolina. I currently work as certified financial advisor. I have a financial planning firm, Kelly Financial Planning, where I do hourly fee-only financial planning and advice. I don't sell any products. I don't receive commissions from brokerage houses or mutual fund companies. I charge clients an hourly or project-based rate for the services I provide. My goal here is to bring financial advice, competent financial advice to people from all walks of life, not just the wealthy. I'm also a certified executive coach where I have an executive coaching firm that my wife and I run together. We do executive coaching. We do consulting. We also do a lot of leadership development training, and we do that all across the country. A lot of it is virtual, and we do some face-to-face as well. But the goal there is to help people determine what matters most to them and then to develop a plan to achieve it. And from a leadership standpoint, it is to help leaders realize where the gaps are and to find a way to change. So that's what we do there. My background, though, prior to doing this, I have worked for complex organizations such as Michelin and Macy's. I had senior leadership roles with those organizations in the state, and I've done a little bit of work internationally as well. And I do a lot in the community, Javon. That's what it's all about, giving back, man. As we're blessed, we have the privilege of being able to serve people in a deep and meaningful way. And that's another thing that's very important to me. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to have you on, Mike. You've done a lot, diverse background and skill set as a leader. And, you know, community is very important to me as well. That is what I spend most of my time when I'm not doing things like this, giving in a multitude of ways. I think that's really what being a true leader is. Giving back as you learn, as you elevate, you look to elevate others and share your knowledge because we all know that knowledge isn't power. You are the embodiment of that, Mike. So thank you for sharing that background. Man, I'm sure the listeners are like, wow, let's get into some of this stuff. So you have a book called Leader Fluence. You talked about being an executive coach and doing some leadership training. Tell us a little bit more about that Leader Fluence. The subtitle was Secrets of Leadership Essentials to Effectively Leading Yourself and Positively Influencing Others. How did you come up with that word and what does it mean, Mike? Well, Leader Fluence is a book that really is a catalog of a lot of things I've learned because of some of my failures, actually. And I am very transparent in the book about that. Leader Fluence, to me, really what it covers is how do we take more of a strategic approach to life? And by that, I mean, oftentimes we show up, we do whatever we do, 
high school, college, whatever we end up doing, trade school, we get an education, then we jump into a job. And the goal is, then is to be successful. One of the challenges we face in our world is that we don't really define what success is. I did not. So success, in my opinion, the first thing we've got to do is define what success means. Oftentimes in our world, it's based on the five Ps I've heard described as pleasure, prosperity, power, prestige, position. Well, I have seen, and you probably have as well, Javon, and many in the audience have as well, seen people who had all those things, but they were miserable. They weren't successful. So I'm under the impression that we have to really get clear on what we were led to believe, which is in the book as well, the social and cultural conditioning that occurs, good and bad. And we have to question some of those things and determine what matters most to us. And really, the book is about taking more of a strategic approach to life, getting clear on what my purpose is. God created me for a purpose. What is that? Getting a vision of what that looks like. At the end of my life, I'm looking back. I'm 100 years old. And I'm hearing now that it's going to start to stretch out 110, 115. We're living longer. But whatever the age is, I'm looking back over my life. What do I want to see at that point? Get that picture in our mind. Get a clearer vision. And then start painting that picture today by living on mission. And I find that very few of us have a mission statement. Most of us are operating based on someone else's mission. So once we create a mission statement, then we set goals in those very important areas of life. And there are many ways to describe that when it comes to wheels of life, but I like, I'll use one that's relatively simple, the seven Fs, faith, family, fitness, finances, fun, firm, which is your job or your business, and friends. So you get those, you determine what those are, and you determine, okay, how am I doing in each one of these areas right now? If I had to rate myself from one to 10, one being I'm not doing so good, 10, I'm doing great. So you rate yourself in each one of those areas. Identify gaps, you want to do something about that, and that's goal setting. But the other thing you want to do, and I talk about this in the book, is which one matters most to you and which one matters least? And then take a look in your calendar and determine whether or not that's reflected in your calendar. Most time it's not. And then start to change where you need to change. And that means setting goals. And we can talk about the goal setting process. I do a little different than most. And I talk about that in the book. But then moving forward towards that, taking action, because goals are nothing. And you know this very well, because I've seen it in some of your the things that you're sharing. Goals are nothing without action. So we want to move towards those goals. And then as we are moving along the way, we want people to hold us accountable and we want to measure our progress. But we want to celebrate success at the end. And I share all that with you to say that the book was written because I hit a wall. I wasn't doing any of those things. I actually, I was at Michelin. I was a quote unquote high powered leader. And I literally almost worked myself to death, gained 30 pounds, wasn't sleeping well, having headaches. You know, I wasn't a very good boss, but people were telling me that I was because the higher you go, the more people tell you what they think you want to hear rather than what you really need to hear. So I wasn't getting good feedback. I was serving in the community and I was working like 12 to 15 hours a day. But God got my attention and it allowed me then I changed. And a lot of the things I just shared, those are the things that I started to put into practice and it changed my life. Absolutely. You hit on a ton of great points, Mike. And as leaders, you know, we're a lot of people listening, a lot of the audience, they're high powered leaders as well. As high achievers, you know, we set goals, but sometimes that's not the key goal. Sometimes those are just the shallow things that we think we want because we've seen others, like you said. And I love how you describe the will of life, right? You did it different. So that makes it a little easier having the Fs, right? Remind you what you're supposed to hit. But uh, I want to hear that goal setting process because that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you. What are some of the roadblocks you hit to allow you to become the person that we see today? Because 
we all know that the work behind the scenes is really how we get to where we are. And people forget that, right? They just see us being successful, smiling on camera, right? Doing interviews like this, but they don't really know what it took to get there. So please share, Mike, what was happening prior to you becoming the man you are today and how did you transform? So as I said, I'll go back to that story about working at a major international corporation, getting a lot of opportunities from a position standpoint and a power standpoint, getting promoted, getting stretch assignments, got experience in marketing, sales, finance, HR, the low international project management work, loved it, but I was working too much. And what I realized is my head started to pound. And one of the things that was happening there too is I'm a first generation college student. And as I came through corporate America, there are very few black leaders and higher levels than I was. So, you know, you're a black man, although you get people mentoring you, white and others, having someone who looked like you can really be helpful. But I didn't have that. So I found myself striving and there were people willing to help me instead of asking for help. I just kept it all with, all with them. Didn't have a strong network community of people I could be transparent with. So it was all about working, man, to provide for my family. And I was sitting at my desk one day. And my head started to pound. And I couldn't concentrate. And I thought, you know, this has been going on for a little while. I need to go to the doctor. Went to the doctor and the doctor gave me something to help me sleep and something to help with the headaches. None of that worked, Javon. So I went back, went on back, continued to work. So this went on for two or three times, stronger medication, but nothing really helped. So finally, the doctor looked at me and said, hey, Mike, we need to scan your brain to make sure you don't have a tumor or anything. So they actually did. So I went back for that appointment. And thankfully, I didn't have a tumor. But the doctor looked at me and said, you are under severe stress and headed towards depression. You need to change your life. So I realized at that point, I was like, whoa, you know, I was a college athlete, basketball player, healthy guy, I thought, but I was, again, 30 pounds overweight. But it led me on this journey. I like to say God led me on this journey to really get a little clarity. So I got connected with some people out there who had a similar path. I did not know that. And I started to learn certain things. And that's where this goal setting piece, after all the other stuff I've shared as well, but the goal setting piece is something that I start to apply in my life. And I'll share this, this as well. I was accomplishing things, but I was working too hard, right? Because I didn't have concrete goals. I was just striving, right? I was doing action. Right? But when I started to set goals and set them in this way, I learned to set a goal. So we hear smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. So certainly you do that. But there's something else you do as part of the goal process I've learned, goal-setting process. You determine, okay, what are the advantages of achieving this goal? And what are the losses to be avoided? So you process that. You write that down. Advantages to be achieved, losses to be avoided. Then the other thing I learned is you think about this ahead of time. What are the obstacles? You take a column. What are the obstacles to achieving this goal or these goals? And then on the other side of that, what are solutions for each one of those obstacles? You think about that ahead of time. So you complete that. So these are solutions and these are obstacles, which we are going to have. But these are solutions to those. So then you got that. It's in your mind. Okay, now what steps do I need to take? Then you write out your action steps by when, who's going to hold me accountable. And then you get into the accountability piece, affirmations, which you're aware of, statements as if something has occurred, and then visualization, pictures of what that success might look like for you after you defined it. But how am I going to celebrate this at the end of the day? So taking a goal and taking it through that process is something I learned to do in each area of life, as I determine what the biggest goals were, an example of that for me was being 30 pounds overweight. I need to lose weight, man, because that wasn't good. So I actually went through that process to determine how I would lose this weight. And I've lost 30 pounds and more since that time. So 
it does work. I could give you other examples as well, but taking more of a strategic approach to life, but also to goal setting is something that I learned. And I get to share that widely with others. Absolutely. And we would never know that you were uh, 30 pounds away from the way you look because you look fantastic, Mike. I mean, you look like you could run 10 miles right now without a warm up. So <laughs> whatever you're doing, keep doing it, brother. <laughs> but you hit on uh, points that we don't hear often. Right. And I want the audience, the, the listeners really to pay attention to what was said about being a black leader specifically. Right. A lot of us, that representation isn't there. So our journey is different. Right. I went through the same thing, Mike, where I didn't have anyone that looked like me, you know, going into these places. And it was like, wow, representation really does matter because you start to feel like, do I belong? That sense of belonging, right? So you start working harder. You start just finding things to do, things that probably aren't even in your job description, right? You're just doing things because you feel like you have something to prove. And that's how we get into that depressed state, right? So I, I know that very well. And that's a constant battle. So I, I appreciate you sharing that and really being vulnerable about types of obstacles that we often don't hear about as leaders. That is a key discussion, and we can talk about that in a whole nother episode. So thank you for sharing that. But you also mentioned the goal setting, right? Overcoming all of that stuff and getting really clear about what truly mattered to you. You know, that values assessment really played a factor in there. You mentioned the will of life, right? Identifying those values. And then you mentioned seeing the goals, right? Seeing the goals, but also seeing obstacles along the way, what kind of gives you that foresight. So you can say, all right, if I run into this, I already have a plan, right? I have contingencies in place. I know that I can keep pushing if I was to hit. So I think that's something that we don't really hear about. So what caused you to, to kind of do the goal setting a little bit differently, Mike? Learned it along the way as I, and I haven't mentioned it yet, but I, I did talk about my desire to continue to grow. But I've got a growth mindset and I learned a lot of things. I'll share one other thing with you around this goal piece. As I learn, as I start to gain information, as I've got all these different certifications, registered life planner, I think I mentioned, I don't think I mentioned that. I'm a registered life planner. I think there are 500 in the, in the world. Certified financial planner out of the 95,000. It's by a guy named George Kinder, the Kinder Institute. And he certifies basically registered life planners. And it's a pretty involved process where you go through a you do your own life plan, but then you're trained on how to do that for others as well. So it's a very, and we can certainly talk more about that, but that was one of those things that helped me get insight. Then becoming a certified executive and life coach a couple of times over. And then the certified financial planner, I did that. Money, and you know this well, Javon, is at the root of everything almost. And we don't even think about it, but a lot of times it drives us. So I became a certified financial planner as well. And out of the 95,000 in the country, only 1,700 from what I understand are black. So that's a very challenging thing to get to go through. But as, along the way, so I learned about this goal setting piece, but I want to share one other thing with everyone listening in. Another thing I learned, and this is especially true for black people, we have to take a longer term view. And by that, I mean, we've got to start thinking beyond our own lifetimes. Another thing I learned is to set goals 200 years out, 300 years out beyond my lifetime. So what does that do? It challenges me to change the way that I live today, to change the type of goals that I might establish because I'm thinking about legacy. We've got to have a longer term view. In the financial planning space, I encourage my clients to use a telescope more often than a microscope. CNBC, other news outlets, they want to, to get us to do something. Well, set your, build your plan, set your asset allocation. You know what your goals are. Just be consistent and live your life. We don't need to be taking a lot of action all the time, right? If it's not thoughtfully done. 
So I like to encourage people to think long term. And we start to think beyond our lifetimes. It really changes the way that we live each day. So that's another thing I've learned. But all these things I've learned from others and through certifications and books. I read a lot of books. Actually, during the year of COVID, I read 100 books. I devour books because we have the opportunity through books to learn from other people. We benefit from what other people have done. We also have the opportunity to be mentored by other people that we may never even meet. So one, I got a couple of questions, but what are some of your go-to books, like when you gift others books? Yeah. So there are a lot of books out there that I enjoy reading. So one book I actually have read, and I'm rereading it again, and it's called The Color of Money, Black Banks and the Wealth Gap. It is a really interesting book when it gets into history. I mean, it really talks a lot about why we're in the situation we're in today in this country when it comes from to people of color and wealth. Another book that I really read every day is the Bible. I'm a person of faith, man. So I'm in the Bible, you know, memorizing scripture. That's important because almost every book you read out there, especially when it comes to self-help, leadership, really is just repeating a lot of the things that we can find in the Bible. So the Bible is a foundational book. Read a lot of history, African-American history. Uh, one book I got hold to, and I read it probably five or six times, I just think it's an interesting book by a guy named Rabbi Daniel Lapin. Thou shall prosper, talks about Jews and how they actually go about living their lives and doing business, but it's written for anyone. And it's really not about prospering. It's really not about money. It's about life. It's a great read. I encourage people to read that, that book as well. Uh, but there are so many other books. I've got tons of books here. I've got books here. I've written a book. I could give you the name. Deep Work is another good book that I call Newport, but I could give you the names of tons of books. I just, I feel like we are so busy and oftentimes, and you know this well, libraries go underutilized. And most of us, from what I hear, we don't read one book from cover to cover when we finish whatever formal education we go through. But if I tell people, I talk about this in my book, if you were to just read one page a day of any book, at the end of a year, you'll have read 365 pages. That could be two or three books or more. So again, setting a goal and doing something every day and then tracking your progress can be transformational. A lot of us forget about that. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, trying to do everything in one day, right? And it's really about those small wins, those incremental changes that add up to the big successes. So I love that you said reading one page or of a book because how many of us look at a goal and we see the goal holistically and it seems insurmountable, right? So we're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'll get back to that later. When if we chunk it down and we break things into pieces like a book and we read just one page or do one thing towards that goal a day, right? We always talk about that 1% better. We become exponentially better, exponentially stronger and accomplish exponentially more if we just do one small thing towards what we're looking to do, towards that legacy you mentioned earlier, right? So that's very, very key of what you just mentioned, Mike. So I got to ask you, like, when it comes to this life planning, what does that entail? Like, what are some of the questions that we should be asking ourselves as leaders to make sure we're planning a very bountiful and abundant life? Yeah. Life planning is something that every person needs to go through. And it's something that I'm incorporating into my financial planning practice, because without clear goals and without being clear on what matters most to us, money means nothing. So taking clients through this process allows them to get clarity. So just a high level overview of what's involved. 
you complete a series of questions, certainly on your own or if you're a couple as a couple, but I lead clients through a structured interview. And I'm asking them questions that lead to one specific question. It's called question three. And this question is, if you went to your doctor, I'll share another question. Another question I ask is, if money was not an, an issue for you, you had all the money you would ever need, what would you do with your life? Would you change anything? If so, what would it be and how would you change it? So that's one of the questions. So you give people time to process that. Later on, I'll ask another question. And this is a series of questions that gets to the question three, which is, say you go to your doctor and your doctor tells you, Javon, you've only got 24 hours left to live. What feeling comes across you as you confront your own very real mortality, which we all will? And, you know, maybe sudden for many of us, but, but there, of us, there are some of us who will, who will get that type of message. More importantly, what are those things as you think about what you won't get to do, be, or see now that you're going to be gone in 24 hours? What are those things? These are very powerful questions. My, I love that because I'm thinking about it myself. Like, man, money was no object. What would I want? Right? What would I be doing? And if I only had 24 hours to live, what truly matters? I might have to incorporate those in my sessions. It's a powerful question because we don't, in our society, we're very busy people, all of us. We're busy. So we don't often take the time to think and remind ourselves that I think it was Carl Sandburg who says, time is the coin of your life. It's the only coin you have. Be careful lest other people spend it for you. Time is a gift, in my opinion. You can get more money. You can get a lot more money, but we can't get more time. So being intentional about the way we live can be transformative, in my opinion. And as life planners, we help people determine what matters most to them. Then we develop a plan to help them achieve that. And money, a financial plan, is often a part of that. But sadly, and this is especially true in our community, very few people have a financial plan. And even fewer still have a life plan. Now, we know that there's a purpose. God's got a plan for our lives, but he wants us to be active in this. And we can take the time to think some of these things through. And if we do, we will realize that we can accomplish much more than we can ever imagine. Because really, all of this is about focusing. Absolutely. So what are some things you just feel like, in your opinion, what do you feel like most, if not all, life plans should incorporate? Well, in my opinion, it should, we get back to the seven Fs, right? I think that determining faith, family, fitness, finances, fun, firm, friends. So taking a look at that and prioritizing what matters most to me out of that seven. You know, what are my top two or three? Getting clear on what those are. And if I say my top one is my family, but I'm working 15, 16 hours a day. I'm not with my family. I'm not doing what I should be doing, what matters most to me. Then I need to change. And change is not easy. We often need help changing. But I would say getting clear on what that is. If it's your faith, certainly you want to do that. If it's your health. And I think many of us, we neglect our health at the expense of everything else. So if it's my health and I realize, okay, I've got issues. I'm taking all these medicines. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm stressed. I need to do something about that so that I can live the life that I was designed to live while I'm here. Because certain things we can't control, but there are things we can. So it's really just getting clear, then taking action. What I find so often, and I saw this in corporate America, I see it as an executive coach. There are many people out there who are working full-time jobs, great jobs at all levels, but they want to be free, but they don't know how to get out. And I find that because of that, there are a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of challenges. There are a lot of marital issues. Because people are under severe stress, as I was, but they don't know what to do with that. So getting clear on what matters to most and then deciding, okay, 
I probably need to walk away from this job, even if I've got to go and do something I did many years ago, serve as a garbage man. I was a kid. I, was, I worked as a garbage man. I helped the garbage man. I mean, I just need to be free because if my family matters more to me than this, I've got to find a way, even if it means downsizing our lifestyle, to be able to spend time with them. Harder decision, but important one. So that's what this life planning process does. I give you so many more examples. I give you examples of meetings I've had with people. And when the lights went on, they're like, wait a minute, this is not what we want. And then we're able to, okay, this is what we know now. So how do we get where we want to be? And that's what we do. Yeah. And it's easy to get sidetracked, especially today. Like we're seeing, we're inundated with other people's definition of success, right? So I love when you stated earlier, like you need to define what success looks like to you. So you can check in with you and say, am I off track? How am I doing? Right? What do I need to rectify? What do I need to correct in my seven S, right? You know, am I leveraging my time? And you mentioned the calendar, which many of us do not use how we need to be using it, right? That's one of the first things I look at with my clients. Like, how are you leveraging that calendar? You're saying that you want this, but the calendar shows uh, nothing. You're not even using it. And if you are, it's probably someone else's priority that you're putting on that calendar, right? So I love that you said that. And stress is one of those things, man. It's like, we say there's good stressors and there's bad stressors. I think it's really, you just have to be in alignment. Right. When you're in alignment, it doesn't feel as bad. You don't feel as heavy when you're doing things that truly matter to you, like spending that time with your family or downsizing because family matters most to you. Right. You don't feel as bad. So I think it's really key that many of us step back and the designers listening really say that, you know what, I'm not designing a life or a business. I don't need a vacation from truly because I haven't even defined it in the first place. We just do things. We're very reactive in life. And I just have this question. How do we become more proactive, right, in life and in business, Mike? You mentioned business, and we haven't really talked about business owners. So I kept collapsing with business owners, too. And, you know, when you're hustling, you're trying to scale, a lot of times you lose sight of everything to get up that ladder to build that business. And it can be daunting. It can be, everybody else you're around is doing the same thing. I get the opportunity to invest in a few startups, and you see that, that whole culture of just driving. And it's not fast. Good to create businesses, good to build businesses. It's good to scale, especially if you use the wealth that hopefully you ultimately acquire to do good things. But you don't want to lose yourself at the expense of that. So in my opinion, I go back to something I said earlier. It all comes back to planning. And another thing that is great, you mentioned your clients and business owners having Javon in their lives. You know, you're working with someone who can serve as a trusted advisor and a coach. Some of the greatest leaders out there understand the power of having a coach in their corner or a trusted advisor, someone who can see things they can't see because they're in the middle of it. I find that that is a powerful piece. And with that trusted advisor, you want to build a plan. Okay, what is your vision for this business? Because oftentimes we're just doing something because other people are doing it or what we've seen on TV or on TikTok or wherever. But what is your vision for this business? What do you want it to accomplish? Now, what steps do we need to take to get you there without you losing your soul, your life, your health? And what we'll find is that we don't have to work as hard and we enjoy the journey more. That's to keep our, the tagline for our right path enterprises, consulting and coaching business is enjoy the journey. And, you know, a lot of times, too, we get stuck where we've been. Ella Fitzgerald, and we use this quote, I share it a lot. It's not where you've been, it's where you're going that counts. Where we've been has made us who we are. 
but we've got to have a clear vision of where we're going and what are the best steps to take and who's going to help us get there. So that's a great thing as well. I, I had a chance to pass over the weekend to speak in Atlanta to a group down in Atlanta and on my way there. So we got delayed several times, but anyway, got on the flight, we get ready to take off. And the, one of those stewardesses said, shared a quote by Michael Jackson. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. And I just <laughs> shared that with the group because I think it's so powerful. It is, man. That's one of my favorite joints from him, though, man. <laughs> Seriously. Make that change, man. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's true, though. It starts with you, you know? And get help if you need it, man, right? Get help. Reach out to you. I mean, get help if you need it. It's okay. We all need help. So that, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's what came to my mind. I just think that sometimes we got to get help and then we got to plan. And again, I'm going to go back to this, certainly life plan, but the financial plan is so important because money is at the root of almost everything, but we don't teach people about it. And that's why I became a certified financial planner because I started to see this more clearly. And many of us have that bad relationship with money, right? Even if we're making it well, we're getting rid of it subconsciously as fast as we're getting it because we have that bad relationship. So I think that's another key is like changing your relationship with money, realizing that it is a vehicle. It is a tool, right? You need it. The contrary, especially in our community, in the black community, you know, but people say money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money is the vehicle to get you that life you need and to be able to have that legacy that you've painted after you've done the exercise that Mike has shared with us. So let's just, yeah, I love this real conversation. And you mentioned something that we didn't use the word, but you mentioned the key vulnerability, right? Realizing being able to say, Hey, I need help. I don't know everything. I can't do everything. I need help in identifying where you need that help. in. that's how you're going to elevate. And that's how you're going to stop trading time for money. That is how you're going to have the time to do what you want while making money so you can spend time doing what you want. So thank you for sharing that, Mike. Man. And we're going to shift a little bit. We're going to go to the by design segment where I ask every guest the same three questions. You ready, Mike? I'm ready. All right. What has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from? The most difficult part is my desire to help people. I really have a genuine desire to help people. So oftentimes it's hard to say no. So for me, it's someone reaches out, okay, I've got a lot going on, but I sense in this person's voice that they're in a bad place and they really need me. A lot of times I'll say yes. When I was in corporate America, I had an, an executive assistant, a couple of them actually, but one in particular who guarded me, like guarded my time, man. So they knew that was a weakness of mine. So what I got to do now is, is I got to recreate that in some way, <laughs> get my wife to help me or like hire an assistant, man. Because I want to help people. You know, the time is a coin of life and family first, certainly family, but then the wider audience. And I'm struggling with well, another thing I'll share, scaling. So there's an opportunity to scale in both businesses. I'm not necessarily interested in that because I love my free time and I love being able to give back and serve in the community broadly. But I'm starting to think through that right now as well. So I'll share that. I could go on and on about that, man. But just saying no and making sure I'm focused and guarding my time is an area that can be a challenge. I feel like we all deal with that, right? When you're serving, you know, that's just how it goes. That boundary setting, being that, that it's the two letters, but it's some of the most powerful stuff you can use is that note. It's just R. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so what is the best lesson you've learned from your entrepreneurial journey? 
the best lesson that I learned is, and this is a Jim Rohn quote, and you're clearly familiar with Jim Rohn, who passed away a few years ago. Two things. He said, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. He said, if you work hard on your job, you'll make a living. If you work hard on yourself, you'll make a fortune. And fortune is not necessarily money. That could be joy and peace of mind. So that's one of the things that I've learned. But I've also learned as you're going about this thing, if you're not careful, you'll take on a definition of success that might not necessarily be your own. So for me, being clear on what my definition of success is, and for me, it's really becoming all I'm designed to be as I impact the world and for God in many respects, but defining what success is. Once I've done those things, it changes the whole game for me. I accomplish more. I'm not working as hard, but I'm having more fun, man. And for me, we got to have fun no matter what we're doing. If you're working on a job and you're not enjoying it, figure out what you need to do differently to free yourself. If you are working, running a business and you just feel that's a drag, you're miserable every day, well, go get a job. I mean, do something different because we don't have much time here and we got to make sure we're having a little joy as we're on this journey. Enjoy the journey. Absolutely, man. And I love that you said that. I always like to say, man, we got to tap into the good side of being a kid, right? That curiosity, that fun, being willing to step out and just have have a good time, right? <laughs> so. I, that's key, man, for sure. So what are three tools or tips that you would recommend when scaling your business? You mentioned you're thinking about scaling yours as we speak. So would be the first tool would be to do a self-assessment. And that self-assessment would be, what do I want this business to be? What do I want? What's my vision? Where are we right now? And determine what is it going to take to get me to that, whatever that is. And it might be helpful to get a little help along the way, hire Javon to get to work with you and support you on this journey because you need someone else in that corner when you're thinking about scaling because you can't see everything. So you want to get someone to help you, someone to bounce things off of, someone to get maybe insights up from to someone who can share great tools with you, even resources for funding or whatever. I mean, there are other things you might need. So you may want to even build a team, a financial advisor. You know, you want to have a business advisor. You want to have a CPA you want to have an attorney. You want to have a team of advisors around you as well. But as part of that, you need a nice plan, not only a business plan, but a life plan to help lead you along this way. Because if you do it that way, in my opinion, and there are other things you could do, but if you do it that way, the likelihood is greater that you will enjoy the journey. 100%. So that's a great segue into the next question because people need life plan. They need business plans. So how can they connect with the man that can help them with both? Thank you for that question. They can reach out to me on all social media platforms. Well, I'm not a TikToker yet, but they can get me on the <laughs> LinkedIn. Who would love to connect on LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, Instagram? I'm there on Twitter, on my websites, Right Path Enterprises, like Take the Right Path, and my book can be ordered there at the Leaderfluence tab or on uh, Amazon. And they can also set up some time at Kelly Financial Planning. There's a calendaring tool there where you can schedule either virtual or a call, but I'm always open to connecting with people because the thing that I've learned in, on this journey is I learn more from other people than they probably learn from me because I've learned the power of asking questions and listening to people. And when you do that well, you actually end up learning quite a bit. And I'll share the last thing I want to share here too is everything we've talked about today is covered in my book. So take a look at Leader Fluence again and leave a review on Amazon if you find that you pick up a nugget that might be helpful to you. Well, I'll say, Mike, I got a lot of nuggets and you're absolutely right. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the Design Life and Business podcast, because I learned from people like you 
who have done so much and who are so willing to share and be servants of a greater purpose. So thank you so much, Mike. Um, really appreciate your time. And I look forward to us connecting in the future, man. You have a great day. Thanks again for having me, Javon. My pleasure. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening.